About every five, six, seven years, I like to go back through this principle that um, I've shared before, but I was reminded of it about a month ago when we were in Joshua, talking about Joshua on Wednesday night and the Bible character and went over this and thought, you know what, I need to, need to do it again for us as a church because I think it's so important and Memorial Day fits very, very well with it. But um, this morning, I want to I look at an interesting passage. It's in Proverbs 22 and verse 28, and here's what it says. Do not move an ancient boundary stone set up by your forefathers. Um, in the book of Proverbs, it's a, it's a book of a lot of things that, that, that are reminders to us, things that are important. And one of the things that it talks about here, King James says, renew not the ancient landmark which your fathers have set. Um, the idea here is the idea of markers, memorials, piles of stones in our lives. And you have to understand the context a little bit I'm not going to look at the passage, but in Jeremiah, there's a story of Jeremiah where he talks about the idea of um, taking and setting up a marker um, uh, for a piece of property. And he says that he took the deed and he put it in a jar and he buries it, and then he, he set the marker on top. I mean, when you understand the context, it's a very, very interesting story because Jeremiah was doing that to purchase a piece of land in an area that that he was a captive in. So it was the idea of, of really trusting in God's promise. But in that, in, in that story, there's that idea of a, of, a, of a private marker buried and a public marker um, that is established. Um, it, much like we do today, we, have, we had three acres given to us out here, and so one of the things we had to do is we all had to call a survey company, and the surveyors came out, and what they did was they took and... Uh, they, they figured out where the new property line was going to be, and they, they, they put a pin. They put a metal pin and pound it in the ground. And then so we knew where the pin was. They took a stake, and they put a stake in the ground and put the stake up. And so they did it at this end, and they did one out in the middle of the field, and then they did one out here. And when they farmed, they pulled up out stake out here. So there's a pin out there. We've got a general idea where it is, but we've got the metal detector and find it and put a, a, a public stake. But throughout history, um, there have been markers like this established um let me show you one this one uh it's the first picture there this is actually in virginia what a guy was doing was running around and he found a whole bunch of these in one of the counties and uh started doing some research and came to find out what they were where they were they were um, markers for roads where they would they would use uh you know now we have a global positioning satellite stuff and so it's a little in fact i don't know if you're aware of it um there's a plate out here there's a big round circular plate right out here on the corner of our property. They actually use that to reposition global positioning satellites. Um, it's, a, it's a special marker that they use. But these are all over, and so the guy started to find out, oh, okay, they use these for kind of road things to know, mark, you know reference points for roads. Um, in, the, in other countries, here's another, here's another marker as far as a stone goes. Notice there's nothing but valleys and grass, and all of a sudden there's this pile of rocks. And it's like, okay, now wait a minute. Those didn't happen naturally. Somebody did that. And that's, that's the idea. Uh, here's another one. Uh, here's another uh, pile where, you know, it's like, okay, now wait a minute. That's not natural. So think about it for a minute. You're walking along and you see that and you go, what's your first question? Why is that there? Why? Because it's a marker. It's a pile of stones. It's a marker. Uh, here's probably one of the most famous. 
And I got to see this in 1979. This is amazing. You're driving along, there's like nothing, 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 and all of a sudden Stonehenge. And, you know, and there's all kinds of debate as to why it's there and what it was for and all kinds of cool ideas. But, um, you know, even to this day, people look at it and go, why was it there? What was it for? Um, you know, was it so that when the aliens come down, they've got a place to land? You know, uh, there's all kinds of crazy ideas. But anyway, um, these are markers. Now, let me help you understand it because it's really important you get this principle, and we're going to see it in Joshua, and then we're going to apply it to us. But here's what would happen. Um, in, in the old days, what they would do is, uh, okay, let's say Jess and I are neighbors. Okay, Jess and I are neighbors. He's got so much land, i got so much land, we're, we're, we're neighbors. Back in those days, there weren't like fences and stuff like that. So here's what, what I would do. Um, I would go, uh, Jess would, would say, okay, I want to know where my land, edge of my land is. So what Jess would do is he'd write out on a piece of paper, my land is, uh, you know, north of this place and in line with this kind of thing. And he would put it in a bottle and he would seal it. He would dig a hole. He would bury the marker. He would bury that bottle. Then he would erect a great big pile of stones on top of it, okay? Now, let's say that I'm, I'm really Jess's pagan neighbor, and I want more land. So I'm a night guy, so here's what I would do. When Jess is asleep, I would go out that day, that, at night. I would take down this big pile of stones. I'd remember the order. I would move over about five feet, and I'd put up another pile of stones. I'd make that look the same. And then I'd wait a few months, and then I would go out again, and I would move the pile again. And I would gain land that way. That's how I could cheat my neighbor, so to speak. Now, the only way to know for sure that I had cheated my neighbor is to take the stones and dig down. And so Jess comes in and goes, hey, you've been taking my land. No, I haven't. You know, you're getting older you're forgetting stuff. It's not where you thought it was anymore. You know, just trust me here. No, 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 you're taking my land. Well, no, 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 I'm not. He said, well, I can prove it. Let's go move the stones and dig. See, there was a private marker. There was a public marker. Now, that's the principle. And it's so important for us to understand. We see it in Proverbs. We see it in Jeremiah. But we're first introduced to the idea in the book of Joshua. Let me set the scene. The children of Israel have been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. You know, they came out of Egypt, Moses, the whole wilderness wandering thing. Moses dies. Joshua's been given the reign. Joshua is now taking the children of Israel. For the first time, he's taking them into the promised land. So the children of Israel are about ready to cross the river and go into the promised land where God has said a land flowing. Milk. So the man is going to stop. Their shoes are going to start wearing out. Clothes are going to start wearing out. All that stuff's going to happen now because now it's a new phase for them. So Joshua chapter 4, here's the story. Uh, and here's what it says. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe. And tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priest put, stood, and to carry them over with you and put them down at a place where you will stay tonight. They were staying in Gilgal. So, um, so here's what he says. He says, okay, here's what I want you to do. Now remember, the whole story. The Jordan, sea, the Jordan River parted. The, children, the, the priest stood in the middle while all of the children of Israel walked across. 
And then when the last guy steps out, the water comes crashing. But before he steps out, here's what Joshua says. Here's what God tells him. He says, you're going to do, Joshua. I want you to take 12 stones out of the river. You get one guy from each tribe to pick up a big old rock, carry it all the way back to where you guys are staying tonight, and I want you to put it down. So everybody comes to the middle of the river and grabs a big old stone. Again, you know, they wouldn't do like little. They grabbed the biggest thing they could physically carry. They would then take it back, and they would put it down. And now notice what he says. So Joshua called together 12 men. He appointed the Israelites, one from each tribe, said, Go over before the ark of the Lord in the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of Israel, to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off from before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be memorial for the people of Israel forever. So he says, here's what I want, Joshua. I want you to get you a pile of stones. There's going to be 12 stones stacked up there. And from here on out, anytime your children walk by, anytime somebody comes by and says, what is that pile of stones all about? You can tell them the story. And then, notice what the text goes on to say. Going on. Here's what he says. Uh, you guys got it? So the Israelites did as Joshua commanded them. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, according to the number of tribes, as the Lord had told Joshua. And they carried them over to their camp where they put them down. And Joshua set up 12 stones that had been in the middle of the Jordan at the spot where the priests who carried the ark of that day stood, and they are there to this day. So here's what happens now. Notice what it says. It says, it says where they put it down. Joshua set up 12 stones that had been in the real, at the spot where the priests who carried the ark. So follow this. Here's the story now. One guy from each tribe is taking a stone. He's walking up to go to put it down. And Joshua starts going, you know what? While they're doing that, here's what I'm going to do. And Joshua takes a stone to where the, where the guys, where the priests are standing. He puts it there. And he goes and takes another stone and he puts it there. So these guys are taking 12 to make them a public thing. Joshua's taking this thing to do this. And then notice what happened. Now the priests who carried the ark remained standing in the middle of the Jordan until everything the Lord had commanded Joshua was done by the people, just as Moses had directed Joshua. And the people hurried over. And as soon as all of them had crossed the ark of the Lord, the priests came to the other side while the people watched. The men of Reuben and the half-tribe crossed over, armed in front of the Israelites, as Moses directed. So they all then get out of the river, and then what's going to happen? The water flows. Now here's a question for you. What's going to happen to Joshua's marker? Nobody's going to see that one. Nobody's going to see that one. That was a deal that Joshua did. That was Joshua's thing as a memorial. So here's the principle now, and this is what I want you to see, because this is what is talked about in Proverbs. This is what's talked about in Jeremiah. This is, I'm going to suggest, this is what's talked about in the New Testament for us as a church as well. There are two things. There's a private marker, and there's a public marker. There's a private marker that was all about Joshua and what he had experienced there. There's a public marker to teach everybody else the stories. When Proverbs says, renew not the ancient landmark which your fathers have set, what he's saying is, be careful about forgetting or taking down those markers. Those markers were put there for a reason. And in particular, in, in, in the application, it's removing the land. It's moving your land over. In Jeremiah, it's the idea of there's a private thing and there's a, there's a public thing. 
I say that to say why, here, here's why I think it's important. Because this weekend, we're all going to be going to cemeteries and visiting gravesides and, 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 and honoring men and women who served. And many of us will stop by gravesides of people that we have loved and have lost. And they're markers. But they're there for a reason. They're there for us to learn some things from as well. And so I want to talk about this whole concept of memorials and markers and things like that because I, I think it's so significant for us in our lives, um, both to have private markers and to have public markers. Okay? Uh, my dad passed away a number of years ago, and you can go, I can go to the cemetery and I can visit where his body was laid, and I can see the marker that's there. That's a public thing. Any of you can do that. But I have private ways that I honor and remember my dad as well. There are things that, now I'm going to share them this morning, so they're not going to be so private anymore, but I'm going to share all of them, okay? But as an example, this morning, um, most of you know when I preach, I never wear any kind of pin on my deal. But this morning I did. Not because I was preaching this, but here's why. Um, this is my dad, when my dad passed away, all of his suits had one of these pins on them. My dad wore this pin every single Sunday he went to church. He would wear this pin. It's American flag, and my dad served in the Army. So it, it's symbolizing both of those. So it's a way for me today. You know, most of you look at it and go, oh, he's got a flag on his lapel. No, 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 it's more than that to me. Um, when my dad passed away, I was given his watch where, when he retired from Texaco. Um, and... In a given year, I will wear it maybe once, maybe twice. Um, I only wear it on very, very special occasions. Um, I only wear it in situations in which I really wish my dad could be there for. Uh, when my son got married, um, I wore it. I didn't say anything to any of my kids. My kids didn't know anything about it. And Jimmy said, I almost lost it when I looked down and saw Granddad's watch, you know. So it was a thing we knew about. Nobody else did, you know, because I wish my dad could have been there for that, but he couldn't. And so, you know, when we, uh, there, there are those private kind of markers. I have, if you were to go to my shelf in my office, you'll see all kinds of junk. Those are markers. They each symbolize, they represent something in my life, something that was valuable or important to me. You know, if there was a fire, you grab the external hard drives that are backups of everything, throw those out the window, and then just take that whole shelf and start chucking stuff out the window. The rest of it I don't care about. The rest of it I can replace. Those things I can't. And they're nothing that, it's not like there's like a bar of gold there, you know? It's like there's a glass ice cream dish. But that's because my grandmother and I used to have ice cream. And that's, that marker is all about my grandmother. There are markers like that. And, and, and here's the thing. I, I, I say that to say in our lives, one of the things that we need to do is we have past, past people that have made an impact on our life. Here's my question. What marker do you have? What memorial? What way do you have to remember those special people in your life? You go, you know, it... it, it it's all about, and, and, and in this story, 
You want to know what one of the things they were marking was the idea that they were no longer following Moses. They were following Joshua. It was about we're following. The markers were, were, were the idea of this is a whole new beginning for us. This is a whole new way of life for us. And so they remembered people that were important. Um, and, and for some of you, you've got people in your lives that are important. You go, well, I'll never forget them. I know you'll never forget them. It's not about forgetting them. It's about honoring them. It's about, again, the purpose of the marker was what? To tell the stories. So the marker of the ice cream dish for my family, it's not the ice cream dish. It's about your grandmother loved ice cream. And your dad, that's in his DNA. So, and Aaron will tell you, Aaron and I, it's a hoot. When we go on vacation, when we go on vacation, Aaron and I have a love and passion for ice cream. And they, it drives them nuts because we'll be driving and we're like, ice cream, whoop, and we'll pull in. They're like, can we eat any more ice cream? Not if we can help it because um, we're an ice cream. It's, it's, about, it's about that thing, that little thing like that. There needs to be those kinds of things for people. Um, the, Gilgal became a special place for Israel. So it, they marked what happened at Gilgal there. There, there was a marker about the place and, and, and what it meant. Because, again, what does Joshua say? Why are you doing this? Because one day when your kids walk by and they say, tell me about the pile of stones, you can say, let me tell you what happened here. Your great, great granddaddy, well, he was in Egypt. And he followed a guy by the name of Moses out. And then what happened was they rebelled against Moses and, and your great-great-granddaddy died in the wilderness. But your great-grandfather, your great-grandfather, he was here when the children of Israel walked across into this land. And he watched one of the priests of our tribe pick up the stone and carry it over and set it right here. And you see the third stone from the bottom there? That's our stone. That's our tribe. That represents your great-great-grandfather. That's about what God did here. And you don't ever want to forget that God brought us in here and God's going to take care of us. They've got to hear the stories. They've got to hear the stories. And I know when it's somebody you are close to, the stories are painful because it brings a flood of memories back. But if we don't share the stories, we lose the things that they were all about. And that was part of the purpose of that memorial, was to remember those kind of people. It was to remember that experience of this is what God has done. Look, I, I, I can't say it enough that sometimes, folks, I think we are in a, we are in a world in which we have stopped telling the stories. You understand that the printing press, although it was one of the greatest inventions in all the world, was also one of the worst? Because you see, up until the printing press, it was all about the stories. The only way it went from one generation to another was to make sure this next generation knows the stories. It's the only way. And then we, now we rely on technology and we rely on all of this stuff. And, what and we look at it and we go, our kids don't want to hear the stories. Oh, no, no, no. Our kids need to hear the stories. 
Your grandkids need to hear the stories. You need to tell your grandkids about the first car you ever had. You need to tell your grandkids about what you saw God do in your life. You need to tell your grandkids about how you came to Christ. You need to tell your grandkids about how, how God worked to bring you and your spouse together. You need to tell those stories. They need to hear them. I, you, know what, one of, you know what one of my bucket list things for me to do is? To get my two boys in a car with an eight-track tape and to drive until it goes through all four channels and then look at them and go, this is the way real people listen to music. You hear that ching? You won't hear that on any MP3 player, buddy. iTunes, you're never going to hear that. But this is the way we listen to music. I want them to experience. By the way, you laugh. You know what's happening right now in the music industry? LPs are coming back. You know why? And it's driving stat statisticians nuts. You know why? Because they're realizing that when Chicago released their, first, their albums, the way that they originally released it and the way that it was originally played was on an album with the needle, with those little hiss marks, and that pop every once in a while. And now we've so purified the music that all of that's gone. And they're all about being authentic and original. So they're going back to the source and going, I want to hear it on an, on, a, on an LP. And do you know now you can buy record players that plug into a USB port that play on your computer? So those of you who threw your albums out, Bad choice. Bad choice right now. Yeah, some of you are going, oh, I got them stacked like this deep. Yeah, we'll see how those play. Um, <laughs> yeah, let me tell you, when you put on the needles doing this, um, probably going to be in trouble. But, I mean, honestly, you know, it's, it, they need to hear that, and they got to hear it from us. they got to hear it from us. they got to hear the stories. They need to hear the stories about what God's done. They need to hear the stories about how God's worked. And, and if we don't teach it to them, they've got to know about the past. They've got to know how we got here. Uh, this past week, I've been watching this series on uh, the invasion of D-Day. <sighs> Mind-boggling. Mind-boggling what those men and women went through. Absolutely, to me, it's just riveting. It's like, I, I cannot believe. Um, last night, I was watching a deal on the, on the Battle of Bastion, and it was like, wow, wow. You know, the sacrifices they made and their attitudes and their outlooks and their, their passion for their country and all of those kinds of things. And it's like, wow, our kids need to know this kind of stuff. And so they need to know about the past. Markers help us to honor and celebrate the past. They also help us in the present. Um, I can't stress this enough, the idea that, you know what, we've got to get to the point that we are establishing markers today as well. Um, again, why? Because it's a testimony to teach. It's a, it's a testimony to, to, to what's happening in our world. And that's ultimately what Jesus wants us to do as believers. The whole idea of living the kind of life is, is that we stand out, kind of like a marker. There's a flat field and there's a big pile of stones. And God says, I'll tell you what, I have placed you, literally, you, you read John chapter 1 about Jesus. 
He tabernacled among us. It's a, it's a fascinating word picture that he planted himself among us. Why? And he lived differently. Why? So that people looked at him and went, you know what? I don't know what it is about him, but he's different and I like it and I want it. And that's what God's done with each one of you. He has planted you where he has. That whole passage of a city set on a hill. It's the idea of a city that is placed purposely on a hill. Wherever you are, whatever job you have, God has taken you personally and placed you there. And you know why he placed you there? He placed you there so that you can be a light, so that you can be that pillar to people look at it and going, okay, I don't get it. Everybody else is laughing at the joke. Why are you not? Everybody else cusses and swears up a storm. Why don't you? I don't get it. I want to know more about this marker. I want to know more about this person. That's why Paul says in Colossians, Christ in you, the hope of glory. The idea that you and I stand there in such a way that they see hope and difference and a, and a different outlook, and they go, look, I don't know what it is you got, but tell me more about it. That's what we're here for. We're here to be a memorial, a marker, a, a pile of stones that people notice. And that's what God wants from each of us. And not only that, but it has the idea of future. You see, this pile of stones for the children of Israel, here's what it meant. It meant that our past is behind us. The wilderness wanderings, all of that is gone. It is now about what's in front of us. You know, that's the hard thing about tomorrow. As we stand there and we'll stand at a cemetery and we'll remember what we've lost. And we'll remember the value of the person we lost. But we also have to realize that after we've done that, we have to go forward. It's about going on with life. But the whole purpose of their life was for us to learn things for their lives, to put into our lives, to teach to other people. That, that, that's the whole goal of a life, is to make a difference in other people's lives so that you can teach those things to other people as well. I mean, that's the thing. I love my dad to death, but my dad's legacy is not at a marker in Texas. His legacy is the things that he taught me that I have instilled into my life that I teach to you and to these boys. That's his legacy. That's what he was really, really, really about. You know? That's what the people, in the, and, and I can go through. You know, I try to do this. When people pass away from here, I try to take one or two things that I, that I valued in their life. I could go through this whole auditorium about people that you have lost. You can mention the name, and I can tell you one thing, at least one thing that I learned and tried to incorporate in my life from their life. You know, we're talking about Fran this week. You know what? You know what I love more about Fran than anything else? That gal knew how to laugh. And I tell you what, I spent more time laughing with that gal than, than probably anybody else around. Because we, we had that Chicago thing going, and we could take a lot of jabs at each other. And we would just laugh and joke. And, and, and most of our conversations, I, I, I don't know that I can think of one conversation. Well, I can think of one conversation I had with her when she went and laughed, and that's just because she couldn't respond. She taught me how to grab life to its fullest and to look at it differently to laugh, to enjoy it. I could go all the way through. And I, and I just want to challenge you because it's about moving forward. And those, those markers that we have in our lives, that's what they help us do. And some of you, 
you've kind of minimized the whole marker thing. You don't realize, those of you who are parents and grandparents, you don't realize that you have the opportunity to put markers in your kids' life and grandkids' lives. Um, a guy recently, I, 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 I value him for, for this in the last two years. He's taught me, and here, here's his phrase, and this is the phrase I'm adopting. You'll hear me say a lot. It's about making memories. It's about making memories. So when Gene's sisters were here, you know what my goal was? We're going to make memories the whole time you're here. And we had all kinds of things. And it, and it, it hit me. It hit me one night when, it was probably the last night, when was the night we were doing glass? You know, we do this glass thing, and they wanted to do the glass thing. The girls are, we're doing the glass thing, and we're all having fun. And the girls are like, this is like the most awesome thing in the world, and I'm the hero, and yay, brother-in-law that's the hero. And, and everything's great, and Josh and I are having a great time teaching them, and da da And who was your sister? Who was it? Was it Lily? Or, yeah, I think it was Lily. She's sitting next to Jean, and she goes, Jean decided she didn't want to do it. You know, well, and then we found out Jean didn't want to do it because nobody asked her. Um, yeah, believe me, her sisters had a good time with that. Uh, but anyway, um, but her, her sister looked at her little there and said, Jean, you know, this, this is, must be so awesome to be, to be like, be able to come down and do this any time and, 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 and all that. And Jean looks at him and goes, I've never done it. And Josh and I looked at each other like, well, Alex has done it. And we've had, you've been around when we've done it. We haven't done it with, with, with her yet. But. I've never taken Jean down and said, let me show you how to do this. And I was like, okay, honey, let's make a memory. Um, and, of course, we're old enough now that the other day I finally slumped it for her, and I brought it upstairs, and she goes, hey, where, what's that piece? That's, like, really cool. I was like, that's the one you made, honey. Uh, you know, <laughs> we had forgotten all about it. But it's, one of those, or it's like our goal now is to try, to try to make memories, to set up markers, if you will. I just want to challenge you because you know what? Life is short. You don't know how much time you have. And you don't want to look back with regrets on it. And you don't want to go uh, come to the end of your life. Your health changes drastically this week or next month or this year. You don't want to look back and go, I wish I would have, could have, should have. You don't want to live a life like that. You want to set up those markers. And I, I want to challenge you to do that. I want to challenge you to really take a look at your life. And by the way, this is a New Testament principle as well. When Jesus was here on this earth, he started this thing called the church. And when he got to this thing on the church, he said, you know what? I realize that there's a group of people who are going to follow me and put their faith and trust in me. That's going to be a private thing between them and me. But there needs to be a public marker too. So Jesus gives us two things as a public marker of something that's happened privately. The first thing he gives is baptism. At the beginning of his ministry, he said he gets baptized, not because he needed to be baptized. He gets baptized. You know why? It was a public marker to everyone else that this is what I'm about. Baptism is nothing more than a public marker of something that happened privately. Putting the stones in the river, that's a private thing. That's your salvation. That's your faith and trust in Christ. Setting up the mark on the side, that's something that other people notice. So baptism, he gives us one way, not for salvation, but just as a marker to let everyone know, this is what I've done. 
And then the second marker he gives us, we're going to practice it this morning, is communion. Where he says, this is something you do publicly with other believers. Showing that you put your faith in trust, showing that you believe in me, that you do show my death until I come. You do it in remembrance of me. It's a, it's a, it's a public thing, but it's based on something that's private between you and God. It's a New Testament concept as well. So my challenge to you is this. First of all, set up some of those private markers. Things that you just don't share with a lot of people. They're not real public things. They're not things that you're going to let everybody know about. But but, But they're internal things that are real. And take those people that are closest to you and let them know the stories. And then set up some public things. Make some memories. Make some things where you set up some markers in your life, some, some stones, some piles where you go, kids, grandkids, friends, neighbors, relatives, whoever it is, I, let me tell you about this. We haven't been real good at doing that as a church. It's something we want to work on and do better about. But somebody made the comment, I guess, I don't remember where it was. We were just talking, somebody made the comment, and it bothered me. You know, you ever get the, somebody makes a comment and it like digs at you for... You know, you go, yeah, every time you preach. No, I mean, I'm talking about, you know, I mean, somebody says something and they're not even thinking about what they're saying, but it just kind of digs at you and God kind of keeps using it to poke your heart, poke your heart, poke your heart all the time. And here was a comment. It was just off the wall kind of thing we were just talking. They said, you know what? They, we were talking about the church. And they said, um, you know what? They'll come a day that they'll forget the stories. And I was like, whoa, no, 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 no. We don't ever want that to happen. I don't want to live in the past, but I don't want a whole generation growing up who don't know the stories. Because the stories have God's fingerprints all over what happens here. And if we lose the stories, it becomes about what we've done, not what God's done. And it's all about what God's done. And so we're going to, one of these board meetings, I want to sit down with guys and go, okay, guys, we've got to figure this out. I can't let people grow up not knowing the stories markers so my challenge is for you this my prayer for you this week is that you would first of all make sure that as you go to tomorrow which is the day of stones a day of memorials a day of piles of rocks if you will that you'd remember that they represent something think about the lessons you learned from those people Think about the things that you value. And work them into your life and then teach them to others. And then, as we have communion this morning, that you'd remember. We're doing something publicly as a memorial in remembrance of something that happened privately when we put our faith and trust in Christ. It's a public thing that we do because we have a private marker as well in each of our lives and if you don't have that we'd love to talk to you about it because it is the most important decision you'll ever make let's pray lord thank you for this day thank you for markers memorials things that people lord that you have brought into our life that have their fingerprints all over our lives and lord for many this weekend is tough because we have to deal with loss because we have to deal with memories that are painful because that person is no longer here For some, Lord, maybe even it's painful because they have regrets. God, 
I ask that you would give grace and that you would give strength and that you would help us to realize that although they are no longer here, their legacy, the things that they were, they valued, the things that were important to them are things that we can continue to teach and in that way, Lord, they can continue to live on. So help us to be able to incorporate those things into our lives. And Lord, we thank you for the cross. We thank you for your love. We thank you for the fact that we can put our faith and trust in you and have a relationship with you. And Lord, may that relationship, may that be real in each of our lives. And Lord, may we find ways to express that, to share that to those around us, Lord, in a public way because of what you've done in our lives privately. And we will give you the honor and the glory and the praise these things we ask in your name.